Hello and welcome to the Tommy Divine Podcast. It is 9.34 p.m. It is October 17th here on a Tuesday night. Uh, I am live from Terre Haute, Indiana. And our guest, as always, Patrick Feltz is from Bloomington, Indiana, the campus of Indiana University. Pat, how are you doing, my friend? Tommy, it's good to be back here on the program. Been uh, way too long, but gosh, it feels good. We've got a whole lot to talk about in the NFL. One week in the NFL feels like an eternity, but two weeks in the NFL feels like an eternity and then some. So we've got a whole lot of ground to cover. Uh, Feels like everything has changed and yet nothing has changed. Uh, Some of the usual suspects are, are up to their usual good and bad activities here in the league. So Whole lot to talk about. Really exciting week of football. Weird week of football, but uh, I'm ready to break it down. Yeah, we had a little hiatus due to midterm exams and papers and presentations and all that good stuff that school provides. And we are we're back. We're ready. We're refreshed. We're focused. And uh, uh, now that we're heading into week seven. Time is just flying by, and since we've last left you, it is October. We've turned the calendar a little bit, starting to get close to Halloween, starting to get a little colder. Things are starting to get a little spooky out there in the landscape. Uh, This week, we had both undefeated teams left standing in the NFC perish this week as the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New York Jets. And the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Wild week of of football. And what what are you taking away from this week, Pat, when you look at all these teams that lost? Yeah, Tommy, the 72 Dolphins are popping champagne again. It's uh, it's a party down in South Beach. But right now, looking at these two undefeated two losses this week, Philadelphia and the 49ers, a lot of people have been quick to pin this on the quarterback's Brock Purdy really struggled in this game for San Francisco, but uh, they were missing a lot of weapons, missing some help along the offensive line, and it was terrible weather in Cleveland. I can't blame Brock Purdy too much. He had a bad game. I still think he's a good quarterback. He's going to be okay. And he had a great drive at the end of this game, put San Francisco in a position to win the game, and Jake Moody missed a chip shot field goal. So uh, honestly, I don't think Brock Purdy was the reason they lost this game, even if he could have played a lot better for sure for – the bulk of of this contest. Then on the flip side, I thought Jalen Hurts had a really good game for for the majority of of this game against the Jets. And, uh, you know, he was running around making plays with his feet like he always does. He's Jalen Hurts. But at the end of this game, Tommy, he threw a terrible interception to give the Jets uh, a a spot to to go in and score the touchdown and win the game. Really, you can't excuse that one, even though Jalen Hurts, I think, had a good game. It was a terrible decision. I think maybe the worst interception of the season so far. And uh, at least in the regular season, there's a chance this is the worst interception of the year to date. Credit to the Jets for taking advantage of winning the game, but Jalen Hurts really handed them that one. Yeah, so as we go into week seven, now we really can start to kind of peel back the onion and really figure out who is legitimately bad, who is really good. I still think 49ers and Eagles are the powerhouses in the NFC. I don't think that's going to change just because of one week. I think that's really premature to start writing both of them off, obviously. Um, You know, you have bad weeks. This is the NFL. You're going to have some bad weeks. You're going to have some good weeks. It's going to balance out, right? 
This was just this happened to be a really bad week for the for the really good teams. Um, I think you know if you you're gonna get you know the Niners play on Monday night, you're, you're probably gonna get McCaffrey back. You're probably gonna get Williams back, Debo healthy. So if you're the Niners, I would not be pressing the red button as of yet. Same thing with Philadelphia, and and I will say everybody's uh, really down on Zach Wilson, and I don't think he's a good quarterback. But I think the Jets with their defense. We're seeing that if, and this sounds kind of like, well, no doubt, but if Aaron had not gotten hurt, uh, this team is what, three and three now? The Jets, right? 500. Yeah. They are a 500 football team. I'm thinking if you're looking at the AFC wildcard picture and it's, it's pretty early to start talking about the playoffs, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. That, that could be a team that you see sneak in there just because their defense is, uh, always going to be making plays and, this is still a team that. Not to I mention know Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And, who and makes up for a lot of bad Zach Wilson throws. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that will be a team that come playoff time. I think people are going to really scratch their heads and be like, holy cow, they're, they're still in there. And, uh, with teams like the Raiders too, that you're, they are still going to kind of be in there. So there are going to be some teams in the AFC where you kind of are like, wow, that's, they're still alive. Like, what's, what's going on? Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, this is definitely an overreaction, I think, from a lot of people this week. And, you know, uh, really, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, and I feel like I've said this before in other seasons, but I'm going to say, and I think it was at the same juncture, maybe last season. I don't know it was really that good. I mean, no one looked impressive this week to me. Um, I don't know. I think the most impressive team really this week, Pat, was the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Tommy, I mean, let's they talk just, about it. Let's talk about they, Detroit. They went into an old NFC Central foe in Tampa Bay who was puffing out their chest. They're on this little streak, this this winning, you know, they got a, a nice winning record, and Detroit comes in there and thumps them. Uh, this is a good win for Detroit. They're 5-1. and one. Their fans could not be happier. Um, and now if I'm Detroit and I'm me, cause I picked, and I think you as well picked it. We, I think we might've both picked the Lions to win the North, right? I can't remember if I picked the Lions or if I picked I, Green Bay. I, I think did. I picked the Lions. I think I did pick I, the Lions. I did. I did. I you, picked the Lions. You picked the Lions last year for sure. And you picked and, the Lions this and, year. Yeah, I think and, I did pick the Lions this year. this year. Yeah. Last year I picked Green Bay. Yeah. Um, now I'm starting to get kind of nervous. Because now the Lions are five and one. And I know that their offense is humming. Goff's playing really well. But I'm I'm starting to wonder if it's starting to go to their heads maybe a little bit. I don't and, think so. And I'm yet. worried. I don't. I'm I worried. think this this is a well coached football team that has a great head on their shoulders and they have more experience than you think. Number one, Jared Goff, man. This is a guy who's having, I think, the season of his career so far. And say what you will about Jared Goff. He's an experienced quarterback. He's been in big moments. He's played in a Super Bowl. He didn't play well in the Super Bowl, but he's been there. He's, he's been in the moment before. I think Detroit is built for January. I think they're built for the playoffs. I think they yeah. can hang with anybody. Right now, they're looking great, Tommy, and... Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself too far because it, it is still the Detroit Lions. And, you know, eventually that Charlie Brown is going to get that football yanked away from him at the last minute. But it feels like this Detroit team is not only different, but is potentially one of the four or five best teams in the entire NFL. And it, uh, 
other than San Francisco and Kansas City or Buffalo, I don't know who I wouldn't take Detroit against right now if, if they were Philly? playing today on a neutral field. I would take Philly? Detroit. I would take Detroit against Philly. Over Philly. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Philadelphia, um, I have a ton of issues with. That record is deceiving for them. Detroit's record is not deceiving. Detroit deserves to be 5-1. and one. I don't think I, Philadelphia I does. I think – I also like David Montgomery, and I think he's kind of found a new home there, and, and he's really running the ball well. And, and people are wondering, well, why aren't they using Gibbs more? Montgomery is hurt right now. I don't think it's a very serious injury, but it's something that maybe they'll give him a week or two to rest and then kind of work Gibbs into the lineup. Because if they can get him going in that offense with with Montgomery as a one-two punch alongside with Goff's play, and, and you've got so many good receivers on that team. Uh, the receiving core is unbelievable. Um they're dominating. And I mean, they, they really are playing well and, and they're going to run away with the North. I mean, I would see the Packers, the Packers, uh, let's just do it. Let's just say this real quick. Mm-hmm. They're bad. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, Jordan love was, is bad. And I was right. And I'm, I'm glad to be, I think I can validate myself right on that take. Are you so still far, holding yes. in hope? There's a little bit of me. That is. Him? It's kind of like with, with Zach Wilson, who, I know isn't good, but there's still like three times a week Zach Wilson makes this amazing throw, and you're like, look at that. Great great play, Zach Wilson. Jordan Love can do that too, and I'm not completely out on Jordan Love, but it's certainly trending in that direction, and uh, it's hard not to notice. And that and that really makes me happy. I'm, I'm glad we can maybe meet in the middle on that at some point. Um, yeah, the Packers are pretty bad. You also look at the Vikings. I mean, they're not – I mean – I don't think they're going to make – I mean, they're two and four, but you think they possibly have any chance no. of salvaging the season? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Bears, obviously, are the Bears. Especially with Justin Jefferson hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually hurt, but – I think he is. I think he might just not want to play. That hamstring can get you. Yeah. And then the Bears are obviously the Bears. I mean, they, you know – I mean, we saw it on Sunday. I mean, now that Justin Fields is out, you got – uh uh, Bagnet or whatever his name is, he's going to come in. Uh, he was horrible. Um, you know, where do they get this guy? He's from, I don't know, Mount Holyoke or wherever the heck he's from. I don't even know where he's from. He's from, I don't know. They got this guy from, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, he was at some Virgin university in Virginia. Like where, where are the bears getting these guys? I mean, I don't know, you know, so Wait, did you just uh, mention university bad. of Virginia as like a random school, like tiny little, UVA. No, 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 no. I'm saying no. I'm saying that's, a, some that's an ACC team. No, 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 no. A no, university some... in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna I say. Said. I get Virginia is bad at football this season, but let's let's no, pump no, the no, brakes no, no, here. No, 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 no. I, I said, yeah, he's, this guy's from some university in Virginia. Not gotcha. Virginia. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna, dude. Trust yeah, me. Tommy, if, you, if you put a gun yeah. to my head, I couldn't tell you where he went to school. So, he, dude, he was. He said on the telecast, it was some little school in Virginia. I'm like, you know, this guy was Division three. I mean. You know, he's playing Rose Holman. I mean, I you know, who knows who this guy was playing. But anyway, uh, yeah, so he's coming in. He's pretty bad. So now it fields out. And who knows how long he's out for. You you can pretty much write the Bears off at this point. They have just were horrible. Yeah. They blew that game again. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, they're, they're terrible. So I think the Lions pretty much have this division in the bag unless, you know, it still is Detroit, but. I mean, they can wrap this thing up by Thanksgiving. I mean, I, 
unless the Packers start to play well, but I, I really don't see that happening because they lost to Vegas. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Lions. The Lions. Yeah. It's the biggest might... lock of any division right now, except for maybe the AFC Lions. West. Yeah. Um, but then let's look at some of the worst teams in the league, Pat, and this is always a fun conversation. At this point, we're going into week seven. Like I said, who do you think is the worst team in the league? Carolina. Okay. Carolina. I would say I would say Carolina, but I think Carolina at least has a fighting spirit. And I think that Bryce hey, Young. The Dolphins this week. That's kind of something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something to build on. I am going to go with the New England Patriots. And you a great say, well, answer Tommy, as well. Great answer. Uh, and, and and you'll say, Tommy, you hate the Patriots. You're biased. And, you know, I would say, okay, but Carolina hasn't won a game. But I think New England, they have no hope. I mean, I think mm-hmm. Carolina still has, like, a slimmer of hope. And I still think they have some and talent. And he's like, oh, Bryce Young. He's this young, yeah. exciting, number one overall pick. And, That's and something to feel, watch for. Yeah. Phelan's playing well. Phelan's playing well. He's, he's doing well for them. Uh, Phelan's kind of playing nicely. So they have some hope, okay? But New England has no hope. And the fact is, Mac Jones, it's not all his fault. I'm not going to blame him. I think it is time. And I'm, (laughs) oh, you're going to have to see my crocodile tears here. But I, (laughs) it's time for a new regime. He's cooked. I think New England, it's it's, done. It's time. It's cooked. It's through. I love it. They're finished. I'm loving it. It's over. It's time for New England to tear down. I'm loving every minute. Of this. Hey, I'm loving this. Maybe New England will draft Caleb Williams and they'll play like he did against Notre Dame on Saturday and throw three picks. I'm loving this. I'm I'm absolutely loving this. And uh yeah, no, if, if Caleb Williams keeps doing that in the NFL, uh he will be and actually it's funny, someone was talking about this. I can't remember who, but is Caleb Williams tanking his own tank? So like is he no. trying to play worse? So his no, draft because if you get drafted, if you get drafted to any of those bottom teams, if you get drafted to the Bears, to New England, to Denver, to Carolina's pick goes to the Bears or to, to the Giants, no, but I'm whoever, saying, is he tank- it's all no, equally he- bad. I don't think there's one no, no, situation. No, but, no, but is he trying to tank so he'll drop to like 32nd in the NFL? That's not going to happen. Number one, number two, no way. No, he just played like crap against Notre Dame. That's the answer. And that was the first game this season where he really did play bad. USC's issue all season, not to get on a college football tangent, has been their defense, and then their defense played kind of okay against Notre Dame on Saturday, but they had a ton of short fields that they had to deal with because USC's offense, it was uh, Mario Williams with a fumble and then three interceptions by, by Williams, gave Notre Dame just and, and turned it over a lot. So bad game he'd played all season. So I, I don't this think is... he's taking his draft stock. I, I don't even think it's worth mentioning it. Caleb Williams will be the number one overall pick still. Let... But no matter where he goes, especially if it's New England, it's not going to be a good situation. Like, I'll say this. Purdue football's not good. Notre Dame can't go to the playoff. The Colts played like crap on Sunday. But seeing New England be terrible and watching Notre Dame beat the brakes off of USC has made – Everything that I've gone through, <laughs> Colts-wise, Notre Dame-wise, every beating this season has made that worth it, those two things together. And watching New England lose is is, is pretty wonderful. I mean, it's something that we've been waiting for. Uh, it's something that we've yearned for, watching the demise of this long 
long, long dynasty just continue. Um, and it's finally going to, to end. And it makes me just very happy. It's really, I mean, Ed, I'm just being truthful with you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say, Oh, you know, New England, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy that it's finally going to end and that Bel- Belichick's going to get fired. Right. Or I don't know if they'll get fired. I could I see it being a draft at the end of the year. will be like retirement. Listen, and then he comes retire. out of retire. He comes out of retirement and coaches. Yeah. I don't know the chargers after they fire Brandon Staley. You really think Belichick would tarnish his legacy by going to the chargers? I do because he wants that all time wins record. So that is an interesting point you bring up. I didn't even think about that, but I think, can I give you another you, thing? By the way, Bill Belichick right now, Bill Belichick is a well. Is it going to tarnish it any more than staying in New England and losing ten games, ten plus games every year? Fans will definitely turn on him. But what I was going to say is, Bill Belichick right now is approaching the all-time losses record. He is right now. It's held by Tom Landry, actually, of all coaches. It's it's simply uh, an issue of longevity. Uh, Bill Belichick is approaching it, and uh, I think at the end of the season, it, it could be his. The biggest issue with Bill Belichick is that he's judge, jury, and executioner in New England. They don't have a GM. They have Bill Belichick. They don't have basically a defensive coordinator. They it's, have a Bill it's a dictatorship. It's he a runs dictatorship. the entire team, and yeah, you can't just say he was dealt a bad hand because he's the GM and he dealt himself yeah. a bad hand. Sure. So well, right now, and he- I, I think that New England – has to start from the ground up. They have to hire a new GM. They have to hire a new head coach. Probably Gerard Mayo will be the next head coach of this team. I think they'll still keep it in the family, so to speak. But sure. they need a GM. They need somebody actually running day-to-day operations who isn't also coaching the team. Even though Bill Belichick is, in my opinion, the greatest head coach in the history of the sport, it's time. Everything comes to an end. And I, I think this has run its course after 20 years. At a certain point in the season, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to fire him, but I think it's going to kind of come – to an impasse and they're going to have to have a mutual yeah. parting of the ways. And, and I'll say like, you know, you can only skate by on average talent for so long. And, and I mean, not to disrespect the Wes Welkers and the Julian Edelman's and they're great talent. But when you just skate by with the bare minimum and expect your quarterback to just play out of his mind like he did with Tom for so many years, it's eventually going to bite you. And when you don't invest in long-term talent, especially at the wide receiver position, and we're seeing that now, like it, they just don't have good receivers. It's, and it's, that's what I'm saying. It's not Max fault. There's no one to throw the ball to. So you could say Max playing really badly, but who's around him? He's got no talent around him. No one's around Juju Smith Schuster. Is that really who we're going to turn to? I mean, I don't Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, it's now starting to kind of bite uh, Bill on the buttocks, if you will. And he's he's going to have to pay the price for not going out and spending a lot of money on good receivers and trying to work with the bare minimum. It's, it's, it's going to catch up to him, and it has. And his team is now one in five, and they're miserable. Their fans are miserable, which I have no sympathy for Patriot fans. So if you're trying to ask me to get sympathy, no, it's not happening. You've you've won, you know, so many Super Bowls in the past 23 years. I don't even want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Um, but yeah, no, Bill Bill's gone. 
I think. And Robert's going to really have to sit down and make a decision and see who who's going to be uh, the coach of this team. But for now, it's going to be Bill and his family, basically, uh, running the Patriots for now. We'll, we'll, we shall see. They mm-hmm. are really horrible, and I think they're the worst team in the league. I think they are. They're pitiful to watch every single week. And, you know, Carolina still at least has some pieces that are kind of fun to watch, even though they lose. But it's an theirs is an inspired losing. The Patriots are uninspired when they lose. They just get deflated, and they just don't even – they just don't know. There's injuries on the defense. It's bad. Um, as much as I'd like to just keep talking about how bad New England is, we, we probably should move on and, and, and transferring now to the Dougal of the week. Uh, Dougal, who, who do you think is your Dougal this week, Pat? My Dougal this week, Tommy, it's got to be Brian Dable, or should I say Brian Dougal? Brian Dougal. Ah. ah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yeah, sure. Head coach of the New York Giants, who the Giants storm back in this game. They, they hang with Buffalo, who, who played pretty poorly in, in this one. And it's still a Buffalo team I like a lot, but they, they did struggle here with this bad Giant team. Tyrod Taylor made a lot of plays in this game. I was actually really impressed by him. I, I guess I didn't know what he was up to, but uh, it's good to see him still in the league. He's a player I've always sure. loved. So good, good for you, Tyrod. I feel like he is. You, you think he played well? I didn't think he played that well, but. He played better than Daniel Jones. Well, that's not hard to do. He should be the starter is what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Give me, give me Tyrod over uh, Daniel Jones forever. Tyrod's my guy though. Tyrod Taylor has been my favorite like backup quarterback in the NFL for a long time. I'm a Tyrod Taylor guy. Always will be. So I was definitely pulling the Giants in this one, but Tommy, they get down to the one yard line after a pass interference in the end zone on the last play of the game. They get an untimed down and they throw the football. Tyrod can't make the play. Uh, the, the ball's too high for the tight end, but the, he was guarded well as well. And, you know, guarded well because they didn't call a pass interference in the end zone again. It looked like his jersey was yanked. My Dougal goes to Brian Dable, though, because why do you not run the ball? You have the ball on the goal line and untimed down. It's not like you need to manage the clock. Run the ball. Just give it to Tyrod Taylor. Give it to your running back, whoever. Just trust your it, offensive it, line it, to it shove was- up. Get three feet and get into the end zone, reach the ball over the line, whatever. Run the ball on the goal line. I don't get why people like to run the goal line fade or or whatever these days. In my opinion, Tommy, maybe this is basic. Maybe this is stupid. I don't care. When you are on the goal line and you have the football on the one, run the ball. Just get in your jumbo formation and say, our offensive linemen are going to beat your defensive linemen, and we're going to get the rock into the end zone. Why do people overthink this? They overthought it and they threw an incomplete pass. It, it makes no sense to me. Run the ball on the one. Didn't we learn our lesson in the Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl, Tommy? I uh, yeah, and I I wouldn't even uh I wouldn't even go back to the first half when Tyrod has a chance to at least get a field goal or get some points uh to go up. I think they're up 9 Nothing, I think, or I can't remember the exact score. But there's a chance to get a field goal at the end of the first half, and, and they completely botch it. I mean, the time management is just terrible, and they don't come out with any points for the first half, uh, or at the, on that drive, they don't come out with any points. Time management was badly executed. I mean, that cost them the game, I think. Um, and they had a chance there at the end to win, and, and they, you know, P.I. might have been needed to be called there. Uh, 
just a pitiful performance by New York. Um, and Buffalo didn't look extremely great either. They really no, they didn't struggled. look good. Um, yeah, but Brian Dable's definitely a candidate for Dougal. Dougal for me this week, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Bill Belichick, and and uh, I know I just said I'd stop talking about him, but luckily we get to talk yeah. about the worst teams in this segment, so I get to talk about some more. Um, <laughs> the fact that he, <laughs> the fact that he gets to hire his kids as coaches and make this a family affair uh is ruining this team. I mean it's just it's not this isn't uh you know this isn't a candy shop. Okay, this isn't the 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 deli. You don't pass it down to your sons. Okay, this is a pro football team. Okay, so football, this is an NFL organization. And the fact that he's just hired oh, I'm gonna hire my kids now. They're gonna start working for me. Um that's just not gonna work. I mean that's and that that, that could be eight but I mean Vince Lombardi could hire his kids. I don't think that would work. You argue too much. It's not, it just is not going to work. Imagine uh, having your dad as a boss. It just, it would not work. It just, it, it would just wouldn't work. So the fact that they're building that now in new England, his downfall is, I think contributed to that in the main facet. And uh, yeah, he's, he is legitimately bad this season. And I'm glad I get to include him in the Dougal this year. Cause I've really wanted to include him in the Dougal for quite a while on this show, and I've never been able to do it, and I finally get the chance to do it. So Billy Belichick is my Dougal of week six going into week seven. What a world he do we live in, Tommy. atrocious. What a world do we live in, ah, right? Yes. Ah, okay. I, I swear, that's enough until New England, we go to the New England game in the pick. I won't talk about them anymore. Um, Let's talk about, though, the LL Cool J who do you love award this week? Who did you love, Pat? I loved Sam Howell. Really great performance by him. And he's had a really good season for Washington so far. I've been pleasantly surprised by him. Washington's 500. They're a potential playoff team. And yeah, he he struggled in that game against Philadelphia. But other than that this year, Sam Howell's playing really well. Statistically, he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the entire NFL. It wasn't a pretty performance, only 151 yards passing, but he threw three touchdowns and he really moved this offense down the field uh, in a tough environment against Atlanta. And uh, I was impressed by him. I I think Washington might have found themselves, at the very least, a competent quarterback, potentially, Tommy, a good quarterback. I, uh, I like what I'm seeing with Sam Howell so far this year. Well and beyond my expectations of him being a trash can lit on fire, um, I think he's actually quite uh, suited to play well in the league. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I am bummed that I actually missed that Atlanta-Washington game. Mm -hmm. I wanted to watch that. I was with a cohort of people uh, that are friends of ours that um, wanted to watch uh, another team that they're really passionate about, and the red zone was uh, not to be found. So uh, I was bummed I got to miss that. That was the close. That was a pretty close game throughout, right? That was like tied yeah. ball game, I think, for most of the day. So I was bummed I didn't get to watch that because I was actually looking forward to that game. Uh, I think those two teams were evenly matched. Um, but yeah, no, Sam Howell's a pretty good pick for me. I'm going to go with Goff and the Lions, man. I, I'm Lions as a whole. I, I mean, I'm just so impressed with them being five and one. They got this swagger now. Uh, they, they just Sam Laporta is really good. They just got every 
offensive talent. I mean, I just so I just like Detroit being good, man. It's a good feeling. I just good like for when them. five and one. The league's better. I like I like when the Lions are good. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, they deserve this it. year when I sit down for Thanksgiving here in you know six weeks, it's gonna be nice to sit and watch the Lions kill the Packers. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna enjoy it. Ford Field's not gonna be a palace of sadness. I'll get to turn on my TV and see the Lions favorite in a Thanksgiving game for once in my life. It's gonna be fun, dude. They deserve I'm it. I'm excited. They really I'm deserve just it. excited for the Lions. Yeah. I'm all for it. I just I enjoy watching that ball club. So I'll go golf and and I think Pat and I don't I don't know if you golf want to say this. Sneaky the, MVP? Is that what yeah. you're gonna say? I was gonna I'll say, say you too. were talking about it earlier. Um I'm not gonna be the one to go on record saying that Jared Goff should be in the MVP conversation. But I'm just saying, if you look at the numbers, you look at the record, and you look at the way he's leading this team down the field, making plays every single week. Jared Goff has been elite this season. Everybody said this year that Detroit, if they're going to win, they're going to win because Jared Goff's going to be okay and he's got all these weapons. But Jared Goff is making plays. Jared Goff is playing great football. And in a year where the quarterback position has struggled across the league and so many great quarterbacks from previous years have not played their best football this year, Jared Goff is doing the opposite and has had a career renaissance this year. He was originally just a, a salary match, an afterthought to the draft picks of the Matthew Stafford trade a few years ago. He was traded just because, oh, L.A. had to get rid of the money and Detroit had to take on a contract to bring in a quarterback. So I guess it's Jared Goff. And everybody wrote him off. Everybody said he's done. But Jared Goff, to his credit, has made a real turnaround this season in Detroit and last season in Detroit. And I, I think he is playing, as at the very least, a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. No, he's playing wonderful. And, and I'm really happy that uh, the Lions are, are succeeding. It's really fun to watch watch them be. And it's fun to watch the fans, too, in Detroit. They deserve a winning ball club. They they're, traveled they're very... really well down to Florida. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of that is the snowbirds who live down there year-round, who yeah. are Michiganders and live in, in Florida now, the retirees. But... There were a ton of Detroit fans down there in Tampa. It's, it's fun. It's just, you know, a blue-collar town like Detroit with working class, hardworking Americans uh, getting nitty and gritty. It's just fun to see that franchise go in the right direction. And I love Dan Campbell. He's such a good coach. He just, he, you know, he bites the kneecaps off of uh, – you know, Rhino. I mean, this guy does everything. I mean, he's just, he's, he's got insane energy. He cares about his players. It's not just a team. It's a family. I feel that from him. I feel the emotion whenever he's in a press conference. Uh, yeah, this, this team is not just a team. It's not just an NFL organization. It's a family. I feel like it's a family when I watch them play on Sunday. So yeah, I like this is I like special, the Lions. special, special the football yeah. team, Tom. So this special. is something. This is something special. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking so. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get into the slate here. Here we um, go. We're we're done. Actually, I don't think um, we got to really talk much about the London games because we were off on our hiatus uh, when the London games happened, um, and now we get two weeks off. And now we don't have 9.30 football for two straight weeks. What am I going to do in the morning? Sleep. I, I don't know. I guess I'll just watch sleep. Or no, I'll watch the back watch of your sleep. eyelids. How I will go that? to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, it'll be weird not having a 9.30 game. Um, 
but yeah, we get Frankfurt, Germany in two weeks. So <laughs> let's go, let's go Germany. It's going to be good. Um, but no, we have, uh, we have a pretty interesting week, uh, week seven, Pat. Uh, we do have an interesting week seven. Let's let's start it off in the uh, Superdome down in New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is favored. Mm. Or actually, sorry, sorry. It's, I in believe... the tic- it's in the tic-tac zone, though. New Orleans is a one-point favorite. Yeah, New Orleans is favored by one over Jacksonville. Uh, Thursday night game, these are always weird. Um, a lot of teams on by this a, week. A lot of, a lot of, buy, a lot of teams on by, and that's I hate, I hate so many teams on by. But I will say, I think New Orleans is going to win this ball game. I think it's close. Jacksonville keeps it close because it's Thursday night. But I like, I like New Orleans to win. Yeah, I like, home. I like New Orleans here by six, especially because we don't know the status of Trevor Lawrence yet. I'm going to have to go with the Saints at home. Great home field advantage in the Superdome. Yeah. Uh, I'll take New Orleans here. Yeah, they're they're they are uh ready for a letdown after beating up on on the Colts. I think they're yeah. ready to short week in the in the hostile environment. Give me give me New Orleans. All right, here we go. Colts Browns. Uh Colts are or Browns are favored by two in Indianapolis. Uh in Lucas Oil. Ah, Pat, I I like Cleveland to win this game. They played really well last week defensively, and uh, their their defense is, is something extraordinary. And I don't know how we could run the ball against their defense. I like yeah, Cleveland. and the Colts did struggle a lot on Sunday with Minshew, although they always struggle down in Jacksonville. Uh, it, it felt like they, they had finally just kind of run out of steam and uh, the, the magic had worn off. Without Anthony Richardson, this offense is just – anemic uh, at points they're, they're not able to stretch the field Minshew can't throw deep Minshew can't run and those are two things Richardson does really well and uh likely without Anthony Richardson for the rest of the season which just breaks our hearts because huge, he was huge blow he was so good this year too he, he had really played some great football it's uh it's a heartbreaker and it's a huge blow to the Colts yeah I'm gonna have to take uh Cleveland here also uh, for the Colts, Grover Stewart tested positive for PED, so he's suspended for the next six games, and that's a huge loss on the defensive line for them. Yeah, against this vaunted Cleveland defense, we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for Cleveland with the injury to Deshaun Watson, but I'm not sure it's going to matter whether it's Philip Walker or Deshaun Watson at quarterback. It's not going to be uh, the kid from UCLA. Dorian so, Thompson DTR, Robinson. Yeah, DTR. It'll it'll probably uh, be Philip Walker, who is a, a Colts practice squad legend, was constantly cut and picked up by the Colts a few years ago before he made it in the XFL. But yeah, it, it feels like this is going to be a tough one for the Colts at home. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I'm going to take Cleveland by three. All right. Uh, the Buffalo Bills travel to Gillette Stadium, take on the New England Patriots. Buffalo was favored by Eight and a half. Uh, I like the Bills by 21 points, Pat. I think this game's a blowout. I don't think it's necessarily close. As I said on this podcast, I'll continue to say it. New England's playing uninspired football. I think the Bills need a rejuvenation after last week's pretty much uh, zombie-like performance. I think they go into New England. I think they thump. Uh, New England pretty bad. Couldn't agree more, Tommy. I think New England is one of the three worst teams in the league. 
I am going to take Buffalo by 14. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. And I know they struggle against the Giants, but that was kind of like, I, I don't know. If they play against the Giants, I still think they'll win this week, but uh, I think this week's a little different. It's New England. You got a chip on your shoulder. It's a divisional opponent. I think they take care of business. All right, we have the Washington Commanders traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the Giants. Uh, they are favored by two. Uh, I think that's a little low. I think they win by a touchdown. I think, how, like you said, Hal's playing well. I think the Giants are kind of, I'm out on them. Uh, they will be a team that uh, will not make the playoffs, obviously, I think this year. And uh, they made it last year. They won't make it. We were asking who's going to be that team that made it last year, doesn't make it this year. New York's definitely on that list. And uh, I like Washington to win this by seven. I like their offense a lot. I like the Giants here. I just think this is going to be one of those shocker games where you're like, how'd the Giants win that? Whoa. I like a good Tyrod game here. I'll take New York by three. Wow. New York's due for a okay. win. They're not going to start one and six. They're better than that. They played pretty well against Buffalo, right. too. I think Washington's okay. due for a letdown. Fair enough. Uh, Lions at the Ravens. There was a classic a few years ago on opening week where Tucker kicked a last-second field goal in fourth field. And it was a really good game. When these two get together, it's usually a fun one. Uh, Detroit or Baltimore is actually favored by three at home. Uh, I think that's high. And I like Detroit to win by seven. I like Detroit. I can't believe by, Baltimore's favored. I like Detroit by three. They're at home. I get. I get why they're favored. Baltimore's a good team still, but coming off a trip to London, I, I think they're a little jet lagged. And uh, I like Detroit to win here. I would have seen like one or one and a half. Three just seems high, but I yeah, guess it's I agree. Baltimore. I agree. Yeah, but I think I think Detroit that Detroit money line that might be a that's that might be a lock of the week. That's that's my lock. I think Detroit money line. I like Detroit uh, here too. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is our uh, annual debate whether what what we think is the burn your cable box game of the week. This is the time we discussed that it's broncos Packers. it is okay I mean, it's not raiders bears we didn't talk about raiders bears yet which yeah two backup quarterbacks probably in this one but i like aiden o'connell i'm excited to watch some aiden o'connell well they're saying it's gonna be hoyer hoyer i think that's what oh they're my saying. gosh no like, I no the other night or the other day i was watching the patriots uh, raiders game and they're like yeah well if jimmy garoppolo i think brian hoyer is gonna go in i'm like really you're not gonna put O'Connell in, my guy. That's my that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. And O'Connell's my guy. Uh, if they don't put him in, dude, I think it's a debate to be had who it's gonna be. They're not saying who it's gonna be yet. I feel like it's gonna be O'Connell. If it's O'Connell, I like Should the Raiders. Be. I like the Raiders here by ten. If it's O'Connell, I like the Bears by two. If it's uh, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> it's going to be a sloppy, gross, disgusting game. Oh. If it's uh, but, wow, you uh, think if Hoyer starts, the Bears actually have a chance of winning a football game? Hoyer's terrible. He's not good. Wow. He's a great backup. because He's, he's a, a smart player who's been around the league for forever, but he should not be playing actual NFL snaps, and he's only 
getting rostered because he's Josh McDaniel's buddy, to be completely honest. He'd be a great offensive coordinator, and I think it's good to have him in a quarterback room, but that dude has been just physically incapable uh, of playing football really since 2019 when he came in for Jacoby Brissett when he got hurt for the Colts and handed away a game against those terrible Dolphins and then lost a game at Pittsburgh against the Steelers as well. So, yeah, I, I think that my official pick, though, I'm going to say Aiden O'Connell starts. I'm going to take the Raiders by 10. Tommy, it's pretty crazy to think that if they take care of business against this terrible Chicago team, the Raiders are going to be over 500 uh, going into the end of October, start of November. Wow. Who would have thought? Wow. Not me. Not me. Well, I did. I actually, you know, I thought, wasn't I? I think I was kind of high with Garoppolo in the preseason. I was kind of like, that's not why they're winning because he's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. They've also been playing terrible teams. So that's also helped. But I will say, uh, I like the Raiders in this either way, even if Hoyer does start. There's no way Badgett plays well enough to even come close to winning. Um, whatever Brian Hoyer is, how bad he is, there's no way Taylor or Trevor, or whatever, Badgett is better than him. He will cost them the football game no matter what. He will fumble. He will throw interceptions. He will be absolutely awful. Either way, give me the Raiders by seven, I think. And I think that's – Yeah. All right. Actually, Falcons at the Buccaneers. This this is going to be a really, really fun game. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half at home. Patrick, this NFC South is toit. It is toit. It's and all like, the teams uh, I think who are in it are not very good. Somebody's got to make the playoffs. To the hey, one of the pigs has to get to the trough and eat yeah. first. You know what I mean? So, and uh, I do not trust Desmond Ritter on the road. Desmond Ritter lost the first home game since he was in high school, by the way, that he started th- this previous weekend. But Desmond Ritter on the road, you know he's going to be bad. I am going to say he he keeps that trend alive this week. Give me Tommy Devine, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here by a touchdown. Tampa Bay by three. Atlanta keeps it close. It's a close ball game. But give me Tampa Bay by a field goal. I think it's a late pick by Desmond Redder that doesn't matter. It's that it's that close. It's that that close of a game, I think. All right, we get the Jerome Bettis Bowl. Steelers at the Rams, uh, one of the two 405 games. The Rams are favored by three. Give me the Rams by 14. I think they take care of Pittsburgh. They are trending, trending downward. Uh, they are not looking good. I know they come off a bye. What percentage of this crowd is going to be Steeler fans? Yeah, so Steelers are three and two, which I can't believe they're three and two. That's kind of crazy to me. I feel like they've had a much worse season, but. Well, because they're in incapable of playing offense it's the the most boring yeah. offense you've ever seen but tommy is this going to be the biggest home field advantage on the road we've ever seen in the nfl like 90 percent pittsburgh fans yeah i think it'll be uh it's just getting cold in pittsburgh it's getting around that time where and it's starting have, to get cold. well they have a lot of fans but... in southern california and all over the country too and the rams yeah. don't have fans so I will take the Rams here, though, by six, and I think it's a low-scoring game. Yeah, I'll, I'm right there with you. I think the Steelers uh, keep it close for a little bit. Rams pull away, but I, I do like L.A. to win. Um, We got the Cardinals at the Seahawks. 
Seahawks weren't favored last week. I was kind of surprised they weren't favored over Cincinnati last week, but Cincinnati ended up covering. Um, the Seahawks are favored by eight this week at home against Arizona. I like Seattle. I like Seattle. You know what? This is going to be a close NFC West battle. I like them by three. I think it's one of those close games that you see right before uh, the Sunday night game. It goes right up to like 730. It's one of those like might go to overtime. I, I like uh, Seattle, though, at home, barely to win. You know, it's interesting, Tommy. Uh, Arizona and Seattle have had some fun battles over the, the years, but recently it, it's felt like Seattle's been a little bit dominant in this series. They've won three in a row dating back to to a playoff game back in 2022 as well. It feels to me like Seattle's going to take care of business here. I'll take the Seahawks by 10. Wow. That's, that's pretty high. I think for divisional, but I mean, that's, that's an interesting pick for sure. Backdoor cover. Uh, yeah. All right. We got the burn your cable box game of the week. And this isn't even special burn your cable box because this is a Super Bowl rematch from 1998 when Brett Favre took on John Elway Uh, over in San Diego. The Packers play the Broncos. Green Bay's favored by one point. Woo! Talk about that tic-tac zone. Um, (laughs) I like Green Bay by one. I like them to cover. I think it's close. I think it's an ugly game of football. I'll take the Packers by a field goal. This is going to be a terrible game, Tommy. These teams stink. Both of them are bad, but Denver's a special kind of bad. Green Bay's just a normal kind of bad. I think the Packers win. Yeah. Awful game. Bad 425, and uh, CBS probably they're, – they're not going to send Jim and Tony. They're going to send Jim and – Tony to Chargers Chiefs, right? They are because they're going to have Taylor Swift and uh, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes at that game. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of handsome people. Um, Chargers at the Chiefs is our next game. The 425 on CBS, that window. Chiefs are favored by five and a half. Uh, I like them to win by a touchdown. I like Kansas City to cover. Um, yeah, I like Kansas City as well. I, I think this is a really good game. I think it's going to be close. I will take Kansas City by four. Uh, I think the Chargers cover. I think the Chargers give them a really good game. Kansas City hasn't impressed me the last few weeks, but it's Patrick Mahomes at home against Brandon Staley. I'm not going to pick against the best quarterback in the league. I'm not going to pick against the best coach in the league, and I'm not going to pick against them, certainly, on their home field. But I think the Chargers give them a really good game and have a shot to win it. I feel like there's going to be some sort of critical error by Brandon Staley down the stretch that cost them the game. Yeah. I like the chiefs too. Um, at home, I, you know, like you said, Brandon Staley is going to probably make a mistake coaching wise. It's going to come down to the end of the ball game. And the chargers will choke and the chiefs will win. I think it will be close, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's a, a touchdown game for sure. Um, all right, we got Sunday night, the Dolphins at the Eagles. Awesome Such game. a really fun game. Awesome game. I love uh, this. Philly, Philly's favored by two. This is the 2000, Miami. The 2019 Alabama quarterback room or 18 Alabama quarterback room with Tua and Jalen Hurts playing each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Like th- think about those two, all the history between them. When uh, Jalen Hurts gets pulled out of the game against Georgia in the national title, Tua comes back in. Tua brings them back. Alabama wins the championship in Atlanta. 
Uh, and then the next year, Tua rides the – or Tua starts, Jalen Hurts is behind him, and then Jalen Hurts ends up at Oklahoma. A lot of history between these two guys. I'm sure Nick Saban's going to have his eyes fixated on this one. If you're a Crimson Tide fan, I'm sure you've had this one circled on your calendar for years thinking about the two of them playing against each other. There's some real storylines here. I think they're friends. I think they get along. But boy, oh boy, is there some history between these two quarterbacks at the collegiate level at Alabama, particularly you think about that iconic Alabama versus Georgia national championship game when Tua leads the drive, Tua leads the comeback, gets it to Devontae Smith, Alabama wins the title with Jalen Hurts watching from the sidelines after getting benched by by his own head coach, Nick Saban. So really a, a cool matchup here. I'm really excited to see this. I think there's some awesome storylines here. But now it's Devontae Smith, not with Tua, but with Jalen Hurts on, on the other sideline for Philadelphia. Philly's at home. I don't want to pick against them. Boy, I think this is going to be a fun game. I'm going to take the Eagles here. Um, 31 to 28. I'll take them by three. This is going to be an awesome game, Tommy. I, I sound giddy. I'm like a kid on Christmas just, just thinking about this game. What a gift from the NFL putting this on Sunday Night Football. I can't wait. Yeah, I like I think Miami comes out swinging. I think last week they got a slow start. We're able to get it back. I'm not really impressed with how Philly's playing. Uh, so I will take Miami to win by a touchdown. I think this has potential to be a little high scoring. It's going to be a lot of offense. And, you know, uh, Devin Achan is out for them still, but I still think they got a good running game. Still got Mostert, great receivers, yeah. obviously, with Hill and Waddle, Mostert. So, you know, as long as two is healthy, that that offense is going to be a juggernaut. So I, I think I like them to win, but I think it's by a touchdown in Philadelphia. If this was in December or January, I I'd lean Philadelphia because of the weather, but it's still going to be I don't think it's cold. So I think that doesn't really give an advantage to Philly, even though it's chilly. Cold, but it'll be chilly, but not freezer like conditions. So. I like uh, I like Miami by by a touchdown. So, all right, we got Monday Night Football, and and what's the deal with putting bad teams on prime time? I don't know why that's continuing to be a trend because the Giants have had like four prime time games in six weeks, which is absolutely just mesmerizing. It just makes no sense to me. Um, but San Golly. Francisco gets to travel. <laughs> San Francisco gets to travel to Minnesota. Uh, to take on the Vikings. Uh, San Francisco's favored by seven. Yeah, I like them by 21 points, Pat, on Monday night. I am going to take them by 13. Yeah. I think this game is not necessarily close. They get an extra day to rest their guys. It's Monday night. They should be healthy. Uh, this is just too – I think Brock has a bounce-back game. Minnesota is just – bad I mean, they're just not uh, a good football team and uh they have a potential to just get whooped on i think by san francisco mm-hmm. i think san francisco's also upset they lost that game uh missed that kick at the end i think they will be coming in this week fuming uh they're they're gonna prove this week why they're still on top and and they're they're gonna come in and just pretty much beat up minnesota their history with minnesota including playoffs they have just knocked Minnesota around into different atmospheres for quite a while now. This this game, whenever they play each other, it seems like San Francisco pretty much dominates. So, yeah, I, I like them to dominate on Monday night. And I wish they wouldn't put bad teams on uh, 
prime time. But yeah, hey, hey you there's know one what? that needs to be flexed out in a couple weeks, Tommy. Can I give you a, a future Sunday night football matchup uh-huh. in week eight? Please, please do. Tommy, I, I hope you're sitting down. And, and to our audience at home, you might want to hide your children, cover your ears, just run, hide, do, do whatever you have to. I hate to break this news to you, but the Bears play the Chargers week eight on Sunday night football. That is disgusting. Good thing all the children are going to be asleep because oh. we can't subject them to this. Why? I feel like they put that game on Sunday night a lot. Whenever the Bears play the Chargers. Yeah, <laughs> that seriously. is always a primetime game. And I think it's because it's L.A. and it's Chicago, so they're going to do that. But, boy, I mean, why? That is going to be so horrible. That That is – I mean, the Chargers are going to be favored in that game, but that that has got to be flexed out. Yeah. Especially if there's something better. There has to be. Yeah, well, I think a couple of the games are protected by Fox and CBS that that would otherwise get it, or else they would put the um. I think they're what are the other games? Week eight, it's there's Bengals Forty Niners. I think is protected by CBS, and then because that game's terrible, that's going to be on CBS. And then there's another one that was protected by Fox. I read, but you could put like Vikings Packers. I guess yeah, that's kind of terrible uh, too. Yeah, eh. Steelers Jags. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What about, what about uh, Brown Seahawks? Put, maybe hey, is that protected? Put, I don't put, know. You can put Texans Panthers because it's CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. That feels like it belongs on Thursday night. I don't know. Eagles in Washington. I kind of like. I don't. Know. That, that yeah, but that's be, for next yeah. week. Week eight. Let's worry about that in week eight. Yeah, Hopefully yeah, they flex. About that week eight. Hopefully they yeah. pull a flex because I think there are some games that you know maybe Rams Cowboys. Oh, there are a few things. When that when, when can you change. start flexing games? Is that I think you can flex any time. I think they can start flexing right now. Yeah. Oh, I thought you had to wait a certain number of weeks. Not anymore. They changed it, I believe. Oh, okay. I can never keep track of the rules in the NFL. I never can keep track of them. But I will say, uh, check out the first ten. Uh, Pat is on there every week with Reed. You guys are getting in the latter half of the season. College football is going by, as always, quick and quick and quicker than ever. Yeah, it's flying by, Tommy. And, but yeah, beyond college football, I've got some college basketball talk coming up this week over on my on the yeah, bubble you show. And, you and Callison are coming back on the bubble, so we got to start uh, promoting that as well. If you're a longtime listener of this program, you definitely know Jack Callison. He, he's come on the show a number of times, usually on the Thanksgiving special. Is when Jack he is a comes around honorary guest on this show, and I think it's whenever, an open invitation for him when, to come on. Whenever, whenever there's a Tommy Devine podcast Hall of Fame, he is definitely a first ballot Hall of Fame, and it's uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Pat, yes, Patrick. Patrick's gonna have to wait a good twenty years before he gets in, but Callison is not even gonna have to wait five minutes uh, for that to open. For he he's already in. So that's right, Jack. If, yeah. Jack, if you're listening to this, um, I, I need you on the show, buddy. It's yeah. been too long, and we'll do a little college hoops talk on here. I'll be maybe honest. In I don't even think, yeah. I, and it's sad. I don't even think I've talked to Callison since March Madness, which is. Is something I I I'm disappointed in myself in because I really I really need to talk to him more. He's the best. Um, he is so great, and I'm glad you guys are doing that show again because it is fun. He is fun to listen to, and so go watch him and read, and then go listen to him and Jack on on the bubble first and ten 
my show. You're a busy guy. You're a busy person. No kidding, Tom. I uh, I keep myself busy, busy, especially this time of year. And we're in that little window of the sports calendar where perfect. you're going to have NFL, college football, and college basketball all going on. And, and those are kind yeah. of the things I do. So it's, what more could you ask yeah. for? It's, it's yeah, the best. Yeah, you know, it's Halloween time. Coming up. We're, we're about three weeks out from college hoops. <laughs> it's sneaking up. You're, you're, and, uh, uh, we're doing uh, some preseason yeah. talk this week on, on the bubble. So I, I can't wait. I, I love What's, college basketball. So, well, uh, you know. Uh, what's this Halloween time? You turn on it's a great pumpkin. Or it's a uh, the great it's pumpkin, a great Charlie, pumpkin Brown, Charlie Brown, <laughs> and you uh you kind of start to ooh, college basketball, college basketball's back, college basketball's back. You get this fifty straight days of college football and NFL that are on. You got the college basketball, and, and then it's, suddenly it's it's feast week. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving the NFL. Uh, you're Man. eating your turkey, your stuffing, your cranberry even, sauce, uh, everything. Don't even. We're getting there, don't even Tommy. Get me started. It's, it's Six the weeks. best time of year. I, I really man. truly believe that the next two and a half months are the best time, not only of the sports calendar, but of the calendar period. You got to love it. The two weeks before Halloween, when it's, you know, that perfect weather, like 55 degrees and sunny getting through really from now until the end of the year to, to new year's, you've got the holidays, you've got Thanksgiving, uh, you've got new year's, you've got bowl right. season, you've got feast week, you've got some conference college basketball in December, plus some big non-conference college basketball in December and the end of the NFL season, uh, plus, plus yeah, the, the the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, the, college football the weeks, playoffs. The weeks in between Thanksgiving and Christmas are the most jam packed sports weekends that you will ever yeah. witness. And last I mean, year we had really. that plus the World Cup on top of it at the same time. This year we yeah. don't have that at least, so you get a little yeah. bit of a breather. But boy, was that fun last year when you could get up at five in the morning. <laughs> And there would yeah. be World Cup games on or, you know, really through the afternoon. Then you'd have college basketball, NFL, college football yeah. from Thanksgiving uh, th- through the middle of December. And then the World Cup ended, of course. I, and then you had I, bowls I, and you yeah. had college hoops and you had the NFL. It was awesome. What more could you ask for, Tommy? It's the most wonderful time. I need Callison on the show. It's been too long. I need him on the program. The program needs it. Everybody the needs it. The program needs him. They miss him. We all need I, it. I, I, I enjoy it. And, I, and thank you for coming on. As always, I know your busy schedule, man. And, and Oh, anytime, Tom. You know, You're busy, the too. College, college football season, you got Michigan and Ohio State. That That's what the first and ten just revs up for, right? Every year, that's your pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Ohio State Ohio State and Michigan week. Uh, that will be Hey, a, we've a got Ohio State week. and Penn State week this week. That's, that is another huge... Uh, huge week as well that's that's gonna be fun so go listen to them if you want to hear big 10 football uh you want to hear how bad purdue and illinois and minnesota are and yeah all good stuff man thank you for for coming on and uh guys thank you for listening so much pat have a great football week my friend hey thank you tommy i'll see you buddy bye